is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Happy December. It's your radio sisters, Rachel here with Bo and Allie, and you know what time it is. Oh, yeah. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Yeah. <laughs> your sister squad is ready to take you on a journey today. That's right, Allie. Well, today you're going to hear about some new holiday music for your playlist. Yep, and a new inspirational show for you guys to check out. So, girls, let's usher in those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Okay guys, well up first The songwriter of this Christmas classic Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will one day walk on now, Mary, Did You Know has been recorded by Kenny Rogers and Winona, Pentatonix, Clay Aiken, CeeLo Green, Rascal Flatts, and yes, Mulberry Lane. <laughs> yes, we did a version of this song as well. So today, you're going to meet Mark Lowry. Now, he's here to talk about a few things. First of all, of course, we had to ask him about the writing of that beautiful song, Mary, Did You Know? But you're also going to hear about his YouTube series and podcast with Andrew Greer called Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. And Mark also gets into something you might be really interested in. He calls it the five P's that are necessary for success in music. Have patience and wait for that. (laughs) Allie, who's swinging by next? Okay, guys, next we have travel expert Keith Nowak. And you're going to hear some cost-saving tips about holiday travel and some tips for avoiding the travel-related stress. It's a five-minute radio getaway. Yes, it might be the busiest time of the year, but it doesn't have to be the most stressful. So chill out and get your travel on. Don't need to lose your sanity. Just your luggage. (laughs) Okay, Rachel, talk about who's next. Well, it's acapella singing sensation Peter Hollins. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. singing competition, NBC's The Sing-Off, or maybe you subscribe to his hit YouTube channel. Well, Peter Hollins is here to chat. He shares some awesome behind-the-scenes secrets on how to make a living off of your music or art endeavor. It's a creator revolution, and you need to be a part of it. Gotta love Peter. Well, we're gonna give you a hint with this one. Recognize this guitar riff? Well, of course, many of you do. That's Richie Blackmore with the group Deep Purple. And if you've ever taken a guitar class, you've probably learned that riff. Well, today you're going to hear all about Richie Blackmore's current project. Today you'll meet Candace Knight, Richie's wife, and she's going to tell you all about their collaboration called Blackmore's Night. And they have a new holiday release. Now, the sound of this music is kind of Renaissance rock Christmas. So you're going to get a behind-the-scenes look at what Richie's up to now through the eyes of his wife and how working together inspires their project. Softly ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Softly ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. Before we start, 
are, we need you to mark your calendar. Monday night, December 24th, your Mulberry Lane sisters are giving an acapella concert, the one that we give every year. It's our family tradition at Omaha's downtown church, St. Mary Magdalene, 19th and Dodge. Christmas Eve, 11 p.m., we sing acapella all the way to midnight. That's when Midnight Mass starts. It's open to all denominations. And it's free. So you're going to hear your Christmas favorites, our harmony favorites. Come down, spend an hour with us, be a part of the family. That's right. Your personal invitation right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Mm -hmm. Well, after the break, you're going to meet the songwriter of the Christmas classic, Mary Did You Know. Mark Larry is in the Christmas house. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. We are family. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Today, you're going to meet Mark Lowry. Now, he's here to talk about his YouTube series and podcast with Andrew Greer called Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. Now, the show was named the number one video podcast on iTunes. Mark is also a singer-songwriter, multiple dove, award recipient, author, and humorist, best known for penning the lyrics to the Christmas classic, Mary Did You Know. And Mark's also been a member of the Grammy award-winning Gaither Vocal Band. So, you're going to get to know Mark right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mark Lowry. Uh, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Great to have you with us. Well, it's good to be with you. I'm thrilled. So now, whose idea was it, the dinner conversations? It, it was mine. Okay. I thought a year ago I was thinking about slowing down, and I am slowing down, but I was thinking about just retiring because I thought, you know, if the point is not about making money, if it's about reaching people, yes. I can get on Facebook Live and reach a lot more people than I'll ever reach on a tour. Isn't that amazing what's capable now? Yeah. And I don't have to leave the lazy boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't know anything about podcasting. I just called Andrew after he interviewed me for the CCM Magazine article. Uh-huh. I thought he asked good questions and he would give a millennial, uh, Perspective. You know, a millennial yeah. outlook to... But I called him and talked about maybe joining me in this process. And also, he does really all the work. So where do you do the series then? We do it in Nashville. We use uh, Shelly Breen's house. She's a uh, point of grace. She lives in her kitchen. So now for someone who hasn't seen the series, can you describe what it's like? Well, it's sort of like a PBS discussion. It's like you're the other seat at the table. We're sitting there just having lunch or dinner or whatever we're eating at the time. The topics have been everything from alcoholism to adoption to friendship to uh, racism. Okay. The tagline for the series is turning the light on one question at a time. So what is your hope as people listen and tune in? Well, my hope is that people will put their phones down and have conversations with the people right in front of them. Uh So now in today's society, we are having a hard time talking to each other and listening and hearing each other, especially when we differ on opinions, have different viewpoints. So is part of this, you know, even modeling the way to have an effective conversation kind of based in love? Maybe. That's a great way. How am I going to remember that? Because I would like to model what it's like to have a conversation. And it also helps me to watch myself back on these videos because I can tell when I'm listening and when I'm not. So what have you learned about yourself? That I'm pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
But, That's a uh, nice thing to learn, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I ask good questions, I think. I seem involved. I forget the cameras are there, which is very important. Yeah. Uh-huh. My ADD is always at work. In my brain, I can be in the middle of a sentence and take you a whole different direction before I finish that sentence from where I was intending to go. You are so ADD? You know, ADHD, but when I turn 50, I drop the H because I'm tired. <laughs> so, so now you, but so you so learn to use yeah. that, though, to your advantage. Well, you know, you work with what you got. You know, I, I had to be me. I, I'm the best Mark Lowry that has ever lived because... It was the only thing available, right? Right, yes. I can I can imitate you, but I could never be you. Right. So the best thing you can always be is yourself. And what I've learned is that you talk to an audience, just like you're sitting on the back porch with your best friend, mm-hmm. but you're the only one talking. If you've just joined us, you're listening to singer-songwriter Mark Lowry. He wrote the lyrics to Mary Did You Know. And you're here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. So now we have to talk about your writing of the lyrics to Mary, Did You Know? How did those lyrics come to you? Well, I love questions. It's almost more than I love answers sometimes. You were actually interviewing Mary. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. If I could have a cup of coffee with her, what would I ask her? I mean, my gosh, she raised God. Did he really grow in favor of God and man, like the Bible says? Which I believe means, or could mean, that... He discovered who he was, just like we did, mm-hmm. you know, and he got his information from the Father, just like we did. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some things he didn't know. He said, I don't know where I'm returning. Only the Father knows. Mm-hmm. And all we need to know is what the Father tells us. Thank God he didn't tell us everything, because then we'd know how we're going to die. And I don't want to know that. Yeah. You know, and I never wanted to be a comedian. If he'd told me that in the beginning when he called me to this. I would have found myself in the belly of a whale with Jonah. <laughs> but when you label it and say comedian, it scares me. It's the labels that are limiting. Yeah, and I love what Gloria Gaither said. Satan labels you, God names you. Ah, that's good. But the thing is, God doesn't tell us everything in advance. And so I don't think Mary knew. She obviously didn't know he would walk on water one day because he hadn't done it. Right. She obviously didn't know he would raise the dead because he'd never done it. You know, she didn't know. The angel didn't tell her those things. The angel did tell her that this was coming with a lot of pain. You know, you're going to hurt. How long did Mary Did You Know lyrics take to write? Oh, you know, it seems like it came pretty fast. But it was over time because really I'd been writing it my whole life with my mother. My mother and I had these conversations about what was like raising God. Now, what was it like following him through school, you know? And then my pastor asking me to write the Christmas musical for our church really solidified me sitting down and finishing and it. writing those questions down, you know, eventually. Now, did you know that you had written a Christmas masterpiece at that point? <laughs> you just made me almost tear up. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. No, I knew I loved it a lot, and I thought it might just be a poem, you know. And, I, and Babby Mason tried to put music to it, and others tried, but it wasn't right. Buddy Green, I handed it to him, and he called me the next week and sang it to me over the phone, and I pronounced it man and wife. Yes, he had the magic touch. Yeah, well, it was as anointed as the lyric. This was a complete serendipity from the father, I think. <laughs> 
He's a le- an idiot and a harmonica player. Right, really, the first Christmas song in many, many years that has not only entered the Christmas market, but is the first spiritual song yes. to enter the Christmas market. I literally have done what I set out to come here to do, uh-huh. I believe. With and that, that was the right that's yes. Yeah. But I wanted to do something that would outlive me, and that is it. Yeah, it's nice for you to know that you have accomplished that. And it's it such is. a, and not only that, it's such a gift to so many people who hear it because it does spiritually move you when you hear that song. It moves me. Yeah. Me. Same here. So now, you were a longtime member yeah. of the Grammy Award-winning Gaither Vocal Band. So, as a harmony singer, what did singing harmony? teach you about music and life? What a great question. Well, you got to work together, you know? In the early days, the first group I ever sang in in my life was the Gaither Vocal Band. I'd never sung baritone. I'd heard of it, but I didn't know what it did. The baritone is the stepchild of parts. Mm-hmm. You get whatever's left. Right. <laughs> and and you got to sing some really weird notes. Mm-hmm. And at first it was very, very hard, but now it's my favorite part. I mean, it is the part that blends the group. It is the flower of the cake. You can't have a cake without it. Uh-huh. And can't have harmony without that part, or at least tight harmony. Right. You got to be able to sing on pitch. You got to know the pitch, the pocket, the uh-huh. passion. You got to run the lyric through your brain. See, if you have these five Ps, you're a superstar. Pitch, pocket, passion, presence, and perseverance. Ooh, wow. I love it. Boy, that's if a very have- concise way of saying a lot. Well, every superstar that I've ever encountered or have seen on TV has all five of those. Okay. You've got to be able to sing on pitch. you got to know where the pocket is. you got to get into the beat. you got to know how to dance on that pocket. Yep. Pitch, pocket, passion. you got to run the lyric through your brain. Make me believe you yes. believe what you're singing. Or don't sing it. Don't right. waste my time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what's the big dam out there? Uh, Hoover Dam. Mm-hmm. Candy Patty has a nuclear-powered jackhammer. And I had a little pickaxe. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But, but the one with the pickaxe will break that dam just as well as the one with the jackhammer if they don't quit. Right. right. Well, Mark, we want to thank you for joining the show. And you where know, can people podcast. learn more and, you know, be able to keep go up to, with what's coming up? Go to marklowry.com okay. or dinner dash conversation.com it was a fun conversation we really appreciate your time mark i enjoyed talking to you too singer songwriter and comedian mark lowry here on the mulberry lane show when we come back holiday travel tips with travel expert keith nowak taking you to break with kenny rogers and winona judd's version of mark lowry's song mary did you know mary did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man Mary 
you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane okay guys will you be one of the over 100 million people hitting the road or taking to the skies this holiday season you need to meet travel expert keith nowak with some tips for your holiday travel you guys are going to learn how to minimize the stress and maximize your budget now welcome welcome to the show keith nowak That's the best welcome I've ever gotten. Thank you. Yay! Well, it's great to have you on the show, and this is perfect timing because everybody is getting ready for their holiday travel. There's some new trends in travel. One of them is the family destination holidays. So explain a little bit about what that is and why it's become so popular. You know, I think what's happened is we are so spread out as a population. Mm -hmm. It used to be people lived, you know, let's say within 20 miles of Grandma's house. Right. Pile in the car, go to Grandma's, open presents have dinner, go home. Right. But now people are all over the country, so they're going to have to get on an airplane anyway. Uh-huh. So the idea is, why fly to Grandma, sleep on the floor, you know, make her do all the cooking and the cleaning, when you really, for about the same price, could all get on airplanes and go to the beach. Right. Let somebody else cook for you, let somebody uh-huh. else clean for you, and sleep in your own bed. Uh-huh. Okay, let's say we've booked our travel, we've packed our bags, and, you know, we're headed to the airport, especially if you've got kids getting through security, you know, with kids and strollers and maybe a wheelchair. You know, how do you get through all that smoothly? What can you do ahead of time to make that not such a nightmare? I'd say there's two things. Okay. The first thing, before you ever leave for the airport, go to the TSA website. There you can find the latest rules and regulations. So, for example, a new regulation went into place that said you have to take all electronics larger than a cell phone out of your carry-on. Okay. It used to be just laptops. That's a new rule. I should know that. So, so the, the kids' website, iPads, yeah. Exactly. It's all got to come out now. So make sure that when you get to the front of the line, you have shoes that are easy to take off. Your belt is already off, and all those liquids and electronics are at the top of the bag ready to go into the bin. Any tips for traveling with kids besides an extra large bottle of Benadryl? <laughs> that would work, but I think that, you know, there's other ways to wear the kids out. And here's a couple thoughts, especially if you're flying through a larger hub airport. Most of those airports have some really great kids' play areas. Uh-huh. The Children's Museum of Chicago actually built the kids' area there. So there's a plane that needs fueling. There's a helicopter cockpit, all kinds of cool stuff so to play on. Travel-related so themes. kind of wear themselves up. Okay. Travel-related theme, for sure. Uh-huh. So look those things up and find where they are before you get to that airport. Okay. That way you can head right there without having to figure out, do I get on a train? What terminal is it in? Right. Just know where you're going. Okay. And make sure you have plenty of time to go there and get back. Mm-hmm. Travel expert Keith Nowak here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You know, there's a lot of travel websites, you know, where we can book our flights and hotels and everything together. Is it good to book everything? What are your tips for that? 
It actually is. It really is. There's a couple of reasons it's good to book things together. So, for example, if you come to Orbitz and book things as a package, so you book your flight and your hotel together, you're almost instantly going to get savings on your hotel. It's okay. part of the deal. So you book a flight, get savings on the hotel if you book as a package. Okay. That's super easy. Mm-hmm. The second thing that's a little bit less obvious is that if everything's booked in one place and there's a problem, you don't have to think about, oh, God, where did I book that? Right. You know where you booked it. And that's a good thing. You have one point of contact that can help you with everything. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, any other tips you want to leave us with? You know, I think the main thing is don't get too stressed out. There's going to be a lot of people. So if you do your planning, think ahead. One thing I would say is really important, be sure to look at the rules on the ticket you buy. A lot uh-huh. of tickets these days are what they call basic economy. So that may not include a free carry-on bag. Know that before you go. Right. Determine the best way to get your stuff to the destination. Is it to pack a bag? Do you consolidate everything into one bag? Or do you even ship at UPS where you're going to be going? Is that mm-hmm. the cheapest route? Okay. So know all those things so you don't get to the airport and have sticker shock. Great. Now, is there any place we can go where a lot of these tips are consolidated? You know, we have a great blog at Orbitz, so you'll find a lot of it there. And again, some of the other things is to go to the TSA website, tsa.gov. That's going to be the latest information. And be sure to visit your airline's website before you go as well to know all those rules and regulations. Okay, and then you can be prepared and almost stress-free. Preparedness is your best ticket to being stress-free. Okay. Well, Keith, we want to thank you so much for joining the show, giving us these travel tips in the nick of time. Thank you very much. Okay. That's Keith Nowak, travel expert with Orbitz. Coming back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with some Christmas music from Peter Hollins. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you might know him from the acapella singing competition, NBC's The Sing-Off, or maybe you subscribe to his hit YouTube channel. Peter Hollins is here to chat his album, Hollins Family Christmas, and the business side of music. Peter Hollins here on our show. Acapella magic ready, set, here we go. Thank you so much. I just feel like I should sing back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, great to have you with us. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Okay, so now let's go back to the beginning. You co-founded the University of Oregon's all-male acapella group On The Rocks. So what prompted the foray into acapella music? Ah, uh, you know what? I heard a cassette tape when I was in middle school of an acapella group at BYU, and I was like, this is the coolest. I want to be an acapella group when I go to college, and so I decided to start one. You know, your timing was just perfect, because that was just about when the whole acapella scene kind of exploded. You know what? It's definitely gotten much more popular thanks to Glee and Pentatonix and this yeah. thing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, in your YouTube channel, you release new music every other week. So talk about the behind the scenes of how that gets done and your process. Sure. Yeah. Well, my process is crazy. I mean, I usually have about 17 or 18 different projects going on at once. From concept to execution, I will, like, reverse engineer something. Okay. Think of, like, how I'm going to title it, what the thumbnail is going to look like. Like, I really deep dive into the marketing aspects. Before I start something, I'll be literally asking my supporters for months of what they want to hear. And if something gets over a thousand requests, then I start arranging that song. And then I record myself, and then I send it off to my editing team, and then like the mixing engineers. And then, I mean, I used to all do this all myself. And then after it's mastered, you know, we'll conceptualize a visual distribution way of, of doing it. So I usually create 
uh, simplistic performance videos because I feel like the audience gravitates to people's faces. So like I like looking directly into the camera because it's like I'm looking directly into the soul of people watching it. And I feel like that's the best way I can make a connection. I've done a video for every single song and so I have 13 or 14 music videos wow. which is crazy That's which incredible. is crazy for me so now that you have kind of a team that helps you would you say that you are busier now or were you busier in the beginning you know it's a very fascinating I would say in the beginning I thought I was busy okay before I had my son I mean I was pulling upwards of 110 hours a week wow. and I, truly I'm, I'm the CEO of a digital media company I have yes. 19 part-time contractors. I have two full-time employees. And I'm creating the educational arm of my business because I really want to inspire and educate my peers to be able to succeed and okay. for a living because I feel like that's the best way to change the world. But I'm for sure the most busy now. Like the second I'm done working, you know, then I'm a husband and a father like immediately. After having done everything, you know, the editing and the recording and everything by yourself, was it hard to let that go? I think the 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old me would have said, heck yes. Uh-huh. But since I'm like a grizzled old 30-year-old, something, <laughs> um, I know the unlimited potential of working with other people who are just truly more intelligent or more talented at different facets of my business. And so I like to look at myself like a Silicon Valley startup and expedite my workflow and okay. have the better end result. Singer, songwriter, and media entrepreneur Peter Hollins here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Like you said, you've collaborated with a lot of artists, a lot of creative people. What has been your favorite collaboration? The piano guys have really been such a, a terrific influence on me. Couldn't have done acapella with the piano guys. I'm so excited about getting out of that genre okay. slowly because every single original I create from now on will actually have an instrumental version and an acapella version because it's just such a beautiful palette. One of the songs I wrote on my Christmas album that I think you know is actually getting played uh, nationwide. I'm finally getting played on Sirius for the first time, and it's instrumental. You know, and uh, most people just won't play acapella on the radio, and so I created two different versions for the album, and the one that's instrumental, just like I thought it would. It's getting way more attention, and yeah. I'm like, okay, well, interesting. Yeah. Can't beat them, join them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and can you talk about your collaboration with Lindsey Sterling? Yeah. That went really well for you. Yeah, well, collaborating with Lindsey changed my mindset initially from seeing artists as competition, which is kind of what the industry almost forces us to think, that kind of jump-started me into collaborating, into changing my mindset from taking to giving. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about how your crowdfunding platform that you use, Patreon, how does that work for you? Patreon basically saved me from my record label deal. It allowed me to okay. get the heck out of that. Think about the power that a platform like Patreon gives to anyone who creates to be able to have a salary for the first time. Because this creator revolution we are in is only snowballing. It's the number one company I've found is Patreon. I mean, a 95-5 split. Because people look at it like a Kickstarter that never ends, like in very basic rudimentary terms. terms. Yeah. Truthfully, like I look at it as much more than just like a support mechanism for my creation. We're in this thank you economy. People want to give back, right? It allows the people who care the most to have a closer relationship with me and truly affect what I do and change my life and in turn I can be close to them and, and hopefully have a better mechanism to change and affect their life in a positive okay. way and I call the people who watch and digest my content and love what I do my Holland family because truly they are my family because okay. without okay. them I wouldn't really be anywhere. All I really need are these like 4,000 people on Patreon that are really like changing my life. Yeah, and it's changing I, I, the whole model of how you know music is made or how creativity is brought to the market. Really. And it's giving us our control back. Yeah. Like get rid of any middleman. I built my entire 
business without a manager, without an agent. You only need truly like 500 people that actually believe in what you do to like make a living doing it. You just need to be smart. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be a businessman and you have to run yourself like a business. In the end, there's no excuses anymore. You can take anything you create from the beginning concept to the end execution by learning everything in the middle. And guess what? If we learn chemistry and geometry and all the crap that does not help us in life, unless you really become a scientist or you love right. teaching geometry, then there's no reason at all that you can't teach yourself how to record yourself, that you can't teach yourself how to work a camera, how to work iMovie. Because guess what? If I can do it, you can do it. Just stop thinking that the old way of like, I'm going to go into a bar and I'm going to sing or I'm going to go songwrite and someone's going to hear my song. Like, first of all, don't be a songwriter right now because there's no way to, to make money. But there are terrific mechanisms for you to make money now as an artist. Don't for a second believe the hype and the clickbait crap articles that are telling you that Spotify doesn't pay artists. Guess what? They pay artists. All these streaming sites actually pay. The tech uh -huh. companies are actually going to be taking us to the next golden era of music. You can do it. You can make a living from home anywhere you want. Just spend your time creating a content digitally so that it lives on everything I've created. Like, I make a terrific living. I'm more, more than I ever thought I would. I'm sure this is so inspiring for the artists who are listening right now. 98% of people still believe that the old paradigm actually has value. The labels, as we know it, they're like freaking the heck out because they're really providing no value to anyone but themselves right. and they're just taking and taking and taking. Don't sign contracts with anyone. Yeah. The only person and team member you need is a damn good lawyer. Truly. <laughs> so true. Mm -hmm. Before we let you go, we better talk about the Holland's Family Christmas album. So <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to say something about that album. Okay. That album is literally the best thing I've ever created and I'm actually really good at taking a step back and trying to be unbiased. Other than like Michael Buble and like maybe a few other artists like that's the best Christmas album of the year yeah. I'm sorry that is a darn good album really 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 good and isn't I, that you know, nice though when you can objectively say that about your own work and you feel really proud of it and you really feel like you've done something special that's awesome I just think that there's something in there for everyone that's great Peter thanks for the great words singer and producer Peter Hollins. Well, we want to keep you in the holiday spirit. Going to play a song from Peter's album, A Hollins Family Christmas. Here's December song. Going to be back with more Christmas music from Blackmore's Night. Keep it here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. We just hold on to Celebrities and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, award-winning vocalist, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Candace Knight is here with the must-have for your holiday music collection, Blackmore's Night, Winter Carols. Now, this is a Renaissance rock Christmas album which features Candace's lead vocalist and Richie Blackmore of the groups Deep Purple and Rainbow. Now, the album is fantasy music for all ages. Candace stops by your weekend right now to chat all about it. Welcome, welcome to the show, Candace Knights. 
Pat, I love that intro. Oh, thank you. I love it. Oh, my gosh. We guys, we're going to have to sing together at some point. We will. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm a little intimidated, though. I love the way you guys are singing. It sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, we love your stuff as well. Oh, thanks. Now, thank you. Now, Blackmore's Night is a collaboration between you and your husband, Richie Blackmore. <laughs> so, first, we have to know, how do you guys work together as husband and wife and also as a creative team? Just so you know, actually, Blackmore's Night is a seven-piece band. Because a lot of people, when they think just Richie and myself, like, they think it's going to be, like, an acoustic duo, but we actually have, like, a lot of people <laughs> in oh, our yeah, band, so there. it's not just the two of us, but uh-huh. there's a lot in there. Richie and I, I met him in 1989. I went on tour with him in 1993, because right. I've been with Richie for almost 30 years at this point. I met him when I was 18, so wow. it's been a long time. <laughs> and we still talk to each other, so we're doing something right. That's you know, that <laughs> we still like it. each other. <laughs> so then how do you guys solve creative differences? We don't talk for about four days, and okay. then... <laughs> <laughs> we kind of ignore each other in the hallways and stuff like that, you know, and then eventually one of us will cave and start talking again. But we're together 24-7, and I know a lot of people who have been married who, you know, they're so happy when their spouse goes off to work so they can, they can get a break, space. you know. Yes. So it can be a little tricky, but we're, we're actually, we're good. Okay, so then how did you yeah. be able to embrace being front and center? The, the whole thing really happened as a very natural evolution. When he asked me to sing, I was on tour with him. He was with Deep Purple. It was in 1993, and he needed a backing vocal part on Difficult to Cure, which was uh, Beethoven's Ninth. So he said, do you want to sing this part? And I was like, well, you know, if you think I can handle it, I'll totally do it. So he hid me behind amplifiers and behind draperies, and even the people in the band didn't know that I was singing this part. He just had the roadies set up a microphone. And that was to make you so. feel comfortable, is that right? Yeah, I guess I was kind of like, hold, I was in solitary. You know? right. <laughs> like, far away from anything. So I sang my part, and the ironic thing was the next day we were reading the reviews of the show, and one of the reviewers wrote, oh, I guess John Lord, the keyboard player, must have had a female vocalist, you know, put into his keyboard, sampled the female voicing, because we heard somebody, but we didn't see anybody, so. And I'm like, that's me, that's me. (laughs) And then, exactly, then I loved it. But then after that, Richie wound up departing from Deep Purple, and he reformed Rainbow, and I was always kind of like this closet poet, but when Richie got together with Rainbow, they were holed up in this farmhouse up in Massachusetts, and there was like six feet of snow outside, and nobody could travel anywhere. And I remember him calling me on the phone and saying, look, you know, we're having a hard time. The lyricist, uh, the singer was having a hard time coming up with lyrics. He's like, you want to give it a shot? He goes, I'm about to fly in a new lyricist tomorrow, you know, just a professional, just to write some of the stuff. He goes, but do you want to try it and see what you come up with? I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So he plays me the backing track. And I took the ferry up from Port Jefferson to Bridgeport, Connecticut, driving up to Massachusetts. And that hour and 15 minutes on the ferry of doing nothing but listening to the song and looking out at the water, and I came up with, like, 14 verses. Wow. So, yeah, so I got to the other side. I'm like, all right, guys, what do you think? You know, totally expecting them to just be like, ah, thanks anyway. And instead, they circled four of the verses. They pieced together two other verses to make the chorus, and they came up with the song uh, Black Masquerade. So, so thanks to the big snowstorm once again, thanks to Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> I wound up co-writing four songs on that CD, okay. at, which was called Stranger in Assault. And while the other guys were in there doing the tracks, doing their rock tracks, Richie and I would be sitting in front of a raging fireplace with his acoustic guitar, watching the snow fall down outside, and worlds away from the rock world of you know what they were creating in the studio. And we were just coming up with acoustic music, just the two of us. And that's really what kind of 
began our whole journey. It was an escape from the pressures of the rock world and the corporate rock world that had right. happened, you know, back in that era. Since when Richie first started, you know, rock music and the whole music industry was way different than it is yeah. now. Right. Each person had so much identity, you know, like you mm-hmm. could hear Hendrix and Cream and Deep Purple and, and Jethro Tull and Procol Harum, and the second they came on the radio, you'd know exactly who it was. Right. And, you know, over the years, I feel like musicians kind of lost their ways and, and corporations got involved and right. needed demos to approve or not to approve mm-hmm. and wanted to approve titles and by that point Richie was like you know what do you mean we have to send in demos I've been doing this for 30 years <laughs> you right. know and right. uh, so it was a totally different world but he and I really started creating Blackmore's Night just from escaping the stress and pressures of the corporate world if you've just joined us here on the Mulberry Lane show you're listening to Candace Knight of Blackmore's Night talking about how the group came together and their latest holiday release Winter Carols. Now, that started kind of as a project for family and friends. So when did it become something you were going to release? Well, Winter Carols, we originally released in 2006, and everybody fell in love with our interpretation of these songs that were hundreds of years old at that point. And a lot of times, that's what Blackmore's Night, our our regular band, does anyway. We'll take songs from the 12th to the 15th century. Richie's a a purist at heart, so he loves listening to purist medieval and Renaissance music. But what we do is we take songs from that era, and we add new instrumentation. I'm usually the the lyrical girl, so I I write new lyrics to it. He's more in control of the music. I play about nine medieval woodwind and renaissance instruments at this point, all the woodwinds instruments. And so I'll do like things that nobody's ever heard of. People, when they come up to me and they say, oh, do you play an instrument? And I say, yeah, the shawm, the rauschweif, the cornemuse. They they kind of glaze over and walk away because if it's, you know, if it's not guitar or drums or bass, they don't know what to say to you. So did you, did you learn these instruments or was this something that you had done before? It all came out of necessity because for Blackmore's Night, exactly. And each one of the albums of over the last 20 years, each album is sort of a snapshot in time as to what you were at that moment. Yes. You know, like the first album we came out with, I, I could hear, you know, the naivete in my voice. I could hear the innocence, you know, 20 years later when I've been touring and singing for this long and, and probably yelling at my kids at some point. Like, it's definitely built on my vocal range. Yeah, got, got a little more grit. <laughs> got a little rasp there going on, exactly. And then do you have a favorite song on the album? Uh, you know, the song that I really feel came out the best is Good King Wenceslas. We really gave it, like, this whole new new feeling to it. I, it just kind of gives me goosebumps whenever I hear it. So it's between that and, of course, Christmas Eve, our song Christmas Eve, which I really feel embodies the whole spirit of the season and kind of brings you back to the wonder and the beauty and the magic of being a child again and, and what the season should really be about. Not the pressure of, you know, the gift buying and all the rest right. of it, but really yeah. seeing those rainbow lights everywhere and the warmth of the holiday and, and having your family around you and those just those beautiful moments. And I really think that Christmas Eve kind of really holds on to those moments in, in music, you know, within the song. I love that. And that's a perfect place to leave with that sentiment. And we'll play that song now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, please do. Thank you. And Candace, we want to thank you so much for joining the show. It's great to hear about the music. And, you know, you'll have to let us know if you guys come touring around this area and we'll chat again. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much. Thanks. I really had a good time. Thanks. That's Candace Knight with Blackmore's Night, her project with her husband, Richie Blackmore. Gotta check out their latest release, Winter Carols Edition. Getting lost in the beauty, the magic of it all. And my eyes filled with wonder as the
Okay, well, big hugs today to Candace Knight. She told you about her group, Blackmore's Night. It's her project along with her husband, Richie Blackmore, of the bands Deep Purple and Rainbow. And Candace, thanks for sharing your Renaissance Christmas music. And I don't think we've ever had anyone on the show before that has played seven Renaissance instruments. <laughs> Kudos to you, girl. Yep, for following where the music leads you, even if you had to time travel back a few centuries ago. That's right. And a big thank you to Mark Lowry, the writer of the lyrics of the song, Mary Did You Know? Make sure you guys check out his brand new podcast and YouTube series, Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. Thanks, Mark. Okay, Keith, we want to thank you for sharing excellent travel tips for this time of year. If you guys are on your way out of town, we're happy that Keith Nowak was able to provide you with some non-stress tips. Very timely. Okay, girls, who else? A big holiday hug to Peter Hollins. Make sure you check out a Hollins Family Christmas Deluxe Edition. And Peter, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurship story and your Christmas cheer. And it's another Christmas season with Mulberry Lane. Make sure you mark your calendars for Christmas Eve night. 11 p.m. downtown Omaha at St. Mary Magdalene Church. You're invited to join us for our free concert, acapella Christmas hymns from 11 p.m. to midnight. All your favorite songs open to all denominations. Going to be a very warm and cozy feel. We're going to shine that light on the real meaning of Christmas. Hope you can make it. Well, that wraps up another holiday edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. Yes, join us for all the merriment. That's right, Bo. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a Christmas wrap. Christmas in Nebraska It's where